In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Be Good morning. Good morning. My name is Christopher, and I am grateful that Father Kevin invited me to preach here today because, you know, us retired clergy, we get a little rusty <laughs> when, we, when we don't have something to do every Sunday. So thank you, Father Kevin, for pulling me out of retirement. <laughs> now I have a couple questions for you, and for me also. Who am I? What am I doing here? Those are two questions that as we look in the mirror every morning we really should ask ourselves. The theologians who read the scriptures appointed for today and they have extrapolated some of the key substance of the readings and come up with a prayer called color. In addition, we get a chance to shine in the radiance of Christ's glory that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the end of the earth. That's the substance. That's what they pull from these scriptures and put to us in a prayer called the Covenant. If we think along with them, we will note that the promises expressed in the Old Testament come to its fullness in the New. And in every era, God has given his people an identity. When you read the Gospel today, you know that John knew Jesus, but the gospel seemed to say that he knew him by looking at him. Because he said, here is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He did not say, here is Mary's son. He did not say, here is my cousin. He said, here is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus had an identity. And that identity is known by what he does. And he has given you and me also an identity. When I grew up in Barbados, my mother took us, when I said us, with a lot of us, ten. She took us to a church, the Pentecost church, on a Sunday morning. And right up here, it said, in big, bold writing, Jesus saves, he heals, and he sanctifies. And if you are in any circle, if you associate with anything, often that becomes your identity. Look at me. I'm looking at you with that ponytail. I know you have a ponytail. I saw it from you. I saw it from you. But my dad, on Sunday afternoon, we went to the Anglican Church. So we had Sunday school at 3 o'clock, and we hang around the church at 6 o'clock for even song. So Sunday was a full day of church. If we look at the Old Testament reading, Isaiah said, the Lord called me before I was born. 
while I was in my mother's womb, he named me. You are my servant, in whom I will be glorified. And then he went on to say, I will give you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. That was an identity. We must remember that Isaiah, when he was called, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. But this Isaiah today is speaking for God. Isaiah is the one who brings prophetic word to the people. He said, kings shall see and stand up princes, and they shall prostrate themselves. Because the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, have chosen you. Isaiah is going to people and speaking for the Holy One of Israel. He knows God did not choose the Israelites so much as he brought them into being. <laughs> One of my mantras is this. God does not call us to change us. God calls us to use us. When we meet God, when we begin to work for God, when we get within that spirit, when we feel his power, we must change. You see you, all of you could have been at Walmart. But one day, God spoke to you and you have changed. You have come to his house and you will not miss coming here on Sunday because he has done something for you. Anyone who disagrees with that stand up. <laughs> Kevin, no one is standing. <laughs> you see, one of the things about us, we take what God has done for us too lightly. And this is the struggle that Paul is having with the Corinthian church. God did something for them, and they're taking it so nonchalantly. No man. God has done something for you, and you have found this house, and you find this house every Sunday morning to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Am I wrong? Who wants to stand? Nobody. You see, we Christians are called to be the light of the world. That's the duty of us. We are to make Christ known in the world. You come. And you eat the body and blood. And you seek yourself in the word. Because Jesus said to you, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. The word, the Son of God, the sacraments is a sure means, sure and certain means by which you receive God's grace. A long ago, we used to sing a hymn in the church. It says, I was made a Christian when my name was given. I was made a Christian when the priest held me as a little dot and he said to me, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. For how long? Forever. forever. So, when God called you, when Jesus named you, when Jesus gave you that identity, you 
friends. You can go to Walmart. I'll meet you there at 11.30. And I'm going to church. Right? That's what that is. You have met him. And he has called you. And he has done something for you. And regardless of what happens on a Sunday, you're going to find his house. Am I wrong? Nope. If I'm wrong, stand up. Okay, no one is As Christians, we have a brand. We were branded at our baptism. And we who follow the gospel, we assemble Sunday after Sunday and we go out into the world and we live it out. Because remember, the, the presiding bishop came here the other day and he said, if you are coming to church just to worship and you're not going out and living that in the world, you are crucifying Jesus. No, you don't want to do that. You want to go out and you want to tell somebody that Jesus saves, he heals, and he sanctifies. And that's what he's doing for you every time you come in here. He's sanctifying you for his glory because you, like the colleague said, you're going to shine with the radiance of his glory. You know? Would be sad if I was home sitting down today. And maybe that might have been tormenting Genevieve. It's different stuff. But I'm here to tell you about the love of Jesus. Every morning, Genevieve and I and another deacon, we she's on the phone. We do our morning meditations. We start around 7:30, sometimes finish around 9. Because we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about this love that He has poured into our hearts. He asks us to go out on the street and show somebody a little bit about this love. He wants us to show someone about this brand. You know, we just don't have names. I mentioned early father Kevin. You know what the name Kevin means? Anyone can tell me? Kevin means wonderful, steadfast, strong. I said earlier that my name was Christopher. My name means steadfast for Christ. And when I went to St. Peter's, after I retired at 70, and I was done. And I'm sitting down with some guys and we're talking. And these guys try to pump my ego, you know. Oh, Chris, you look so young. How come you retire? I said, listen, I washed up. What I did not realize, the bishop was over there sitting talking with some friends, it is, Christopher, I can say a lot about you, but washed is not one of them. <laughs> and next year, in a few weeks, I'm called to go to St. Peter's, where the priest had left and went to Texas. And I went up there, and I met a young man. His name was Kevin. And this young man was under the tutelage of Genevieve, my wife, because she was on the commission of ministry. That's what it's called. Commission of ministry. 
and you don't become a priest in this diocese until you pass through and get approval from the Commission of Ministry. Thank God she was not on the commission that I was going through. <laughs> so I got through. But we went up there, and even before we went, she was telling me about Kevin. And I went up there, and I saw this young man. I watched him. He was the youth minister. And one Sunday, I asked him to preach. Kevin preached. And I watched that ball heading out to the park, over the fence. He hit the ball out the park. This was on Sunday. By Tuesday, I was in the bishop's office. I said, Bishop, you have a young man up there, St. Peter's. I don't think you know the power of that young man, but you need to get him down here and talk to him. Before I know it, Kevin got his letter that he was going to be ordained. And I said, thank you, Jesus. We have one for the kingdom. We have one that is not going to walk away. We have one that is not going to get disgusted. We have one that is not going to turn away from Jesus. We have one that is going to go to a place and he's going to lift up the name of Jesus every Sunday. Isn't that what he's doing? If you disagree with me, stand! <laughs> Kev, no one is standing. The point I'm making is that when, we, when our parents take us to the fort and we are baptized and then they send us to Sunday school and then we become confirmed, that is not the end. There's more work for us to do in the kingdom. Not all of us going to be priests. Not all of us going to be deacons. But some of us can tell the love of Jesus that he dies for all. That's the brand of the Christian. And we cannot stifle that. We cannot light our lamp and put it on the table because God wants our light to shine right hand by life. And if you go to Walmart at 1230, you shake it into. <laughs> you see, the whole idea about this Christian walk is that we have something to do. Two things. We have something to do. We have someone to love. And we have something to hope for. The hope, we can start at the end. The hope for any priest is that Sunday after Sunday, that he will say or do something that will melt your heart for Jesus. And if that is not happening, some, there's some kind of resistance. Because the way how the lectionary puts together these scriptures, they must melt your heart. You see, John, John, back in his head, he knew who Jesus was. But John preferred to speak about him by what he does. He said, there goes the Lamb of God 
that take away the sins of the world. There goes the man whom I spoke about. He was before me, but now I speak of him. There goes the man that you need to know. There goes the man that you need to get in touch with. There goes the man that is going to lead you to the kingdom of God. And one day, he's going to greet you with just two words. Well done. That's the man. And because he is not here, he has raised the people like Ken. To come in these walls every Sunday to tell you that you cannot go through this life with all its struggles, all its ups and downs, and then after 70, 80, 90 years of toiling down here, you end up in that other place. <laughs> we don't want to call it. We want to meet Jesus with a smiling face, saying to us, well done. And he's going to say to you, cut off that ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> you say, Jesus, I was born with this ponytail. And I live with this ponytail. And people love me with this ponytail. You see, <laughs> I make a lot of fun of this stuff. But sometimes we try to get too good for Jesus. We try to get too good for Jesus. Jesus wants you just as you are. Ponytail and all. <laughs> and when you get to the kingdom, I know you. Come on in. I, listen, I watch a lot of TV. My wife said, I'm watching Ellen DeGeneres, and she has a segment, and there was this black girl and this white man. He did not have a ponytail. <laughs> but what the segment was about, she is an Uber driver and a college student, and when the, the gentleman hailed her, and he got the ride, and at the end, he gave her a $150 tip. She was blown away by the $150 tip. The next morning, she said, she got up at 4.30 to start her rounds as an Uber driver. And there was a text from this man. He said, if you invite me to your graduation, I will pay off your college tuition. It so happened because they were on the show. She brought the man on the show and Ellen was questioning them back and forth. And close to the end of the segment, someone from the back brought an envelope. And Ellen gave the envelope to the man. She said, for your kindness, you can go any place in the world on a vacation and bring us back the bill. I looked at my wife, I said, you know, huh? 
This is the kind of thing that makes you want to cry. There is so much love in this world, and all you hear on the news is the muck. But there are people in this world that are doing good things for people that don't look like them, and you hear the muck. Jesus is alive in this world. And the Ellen that a lot of people criticize, you know what she says at the end of her show time? Be kind. Be kind. Put it here, man. <laughs> Be kind to one another. That can preach any day of the week. Because if we continue to live in that environment of kindness, if we understand that we cannot strip people down for who we think they are, but Jesus has given us something that we can look into the heart of people and see his goodness. And if we continue to be kind to one another, we will change this world. Right? Now, up until a few minutes ago, he was to the head of the class. Not anymore. <laughs> You're going to the head of the class because you heard something that you believe will help to make this world a little better. Here's the love of God that take away the sins of the world. You think everybody ran behind Jesus at that moment? No. Some of them went away and was thinking, what does that mean that someone would come and live among us and take away the sins of the world? What does that mean? And some of them Went, they thought about it. Andrew, he went and called his brother. Simon. Jesus looked at him and said, You're not Simon anymore. You're going to be Peter. And you know what Peter means? The rock. If you follow the scripture, a little later on, Jesus said, On this rock, Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. It's amazing when Jesus calls you. It's amazing when Jesus gives you an identity. It's amazing when Jesus gives you a stamp. But you know the truth of the matter? At your baptism, you got that stamp. All you got to do is live it out with love and kindness every day. We were in the hospital two nights ago visiting a friend. And this lady said, Father Chris, I heard a hymn at the ordination for Kevin Pinder. And that hymn is buzzing in my head and buzzing in my head, buzzing. I can't remember it, I can't remember it, it's buzzing in my head. So we went home, Genevieve and I, we went home and we looked it up. And the next morning, I called a young lady and I gave her the six verses, read it out to her, the six verses. And her response to those six verses was just like the lady that got her tuition paid off. Put that behind you, between your ears and think about what I just said. Her response to hearing somebody was so attentive to what she was dealing with will go and pick the hymn out, read the verses to her, and she responded like if she had just had her tuition paid off. You see, my friends, 
is not the big things. It is the little things, recognizing that person or that person. So when you go to Walmart today, I don't know, I better stop. Remember that God has branded you and named you for goodness. Try it out, live it out, and one day that Jesus that we come here to talk about, that Jesus that we love, that Jesus that you have forsaken going to the grocery store today and come to hear about, that Jesus is going to welcome you with arms so big that he's going to swallow you up with his arms. That Jesus is the one whom we love. That Jesus is the one who came to take away the sin of the world. Amen? Amen. Amen.